The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our PC. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, I encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts. And share it with a friend if this is something of interest to you. We certainly hope it is. If you want your own podcast, by the way, it's what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. And we're not just Boston. We're all around the globe. If you want your own show, we will ship you out a quality USB microphone. And we'll walk you through the whole process. We'll create the intro for you, the outro. We'll help you book your guests. You could be the next big podcast star. It's also a great way just to connect with your network if you're a professional, if you're a consultant, if you have your own business, you want to do some networking. Podcasting is a great way to do it. Pod617.com. Go there and Pod617 in Pod We Trust. So speaking of podcast stars, I don't have a podcast star on the line, but I'm quite sure she is a star. And we're going to talk about social media today, marketing, websites, She's got her own company that focuses on social media, and her name is Aviva Fustachenko, and I'm so proud. I think I pronounced her name correctly, and she's here in the virtual studio. How are you, Aviva? I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad. It's the first podcast of the morning, so hopefully you'll get the benefit of the one and a half large cups of coffee that I've had so far because by 3 p.m., I'm just, forget about it. I'm just a veg. Are you a morning person? No, not even close. Uh, unfortunately, my mornings, my mornings start at around 7, which is wildly oh painful. Yeah, I don't wake up till about 9 o'clock myself. It takes about two cups of coffee, and then I'm just in the bathroom all day. <laughs> I need the rest of the coffee to keep me going. So yeah. I'm with you. Mornings yeah. suck. Uh, well, hey, brothers in arms on that one. So your company is AVF Solutions. I'm going to pull a Dick Tracy here and say, those are your initials. Not quite my initials. Okay. We decided my initials didn't sound great. So we took some uh, creative license. So <laughs> so the V, the V is this mysterious. So is Aviva. Yeah. The, the oh, Aviva. Okay. Well, that's um, still, you, you can do that. I'll allow that's it. That's what I figured. No one needs to know. <laughs> we won't tell anyone, right, David? That's right. Now, you're, you're in New York. We do, uh, despite this being the Boston podcast, we have a lot of New Yorkers on the show. Are you in Manhattan? Whereabouts are you? So we are outside of Manhattan. We're in Rockland County. Okay. Um, just over the Tappan Zee Bridge. It's my, now, I guess, Mario Cuomo. It's, yeah. No, the, we, all of us New Englanders know the Tappan Zee Bridge because it's, it was the one thing that when people wrote out the directions for you back when we did that in order to get to New York or New Jersey or Philadelphia or Washington, anywhere down there, you had to go over the Tappan Zee and it's impossible to forget. Who, who was Tappan Zee? Was he a guy or is it just called the Tappan Zee Bridge? I actually have no idea. Know. That's a really okay. good question. Yeah. It's my favorite bridge. It's cold the, city? My favorite. It means cold sea. Tappan Zee means cold sea. Really? Dutch. Okay. There you go. Question answered. <laughs> Wow. All right. You see that, listeners? Aviva taught us something this morning. That's awesome. So 
Tell us, were you, are you, have you always been a, a marketing person you, you, and then broke off to your own shop? Or tell us your origin oh, story of Eva. My origin story, I think, is quite fascinating, if I do say so myself. I worked for a company in the city. Actually, I was I head up their e-commerce division. Mm-hmm. I had really no business doing, but they were looking to start this division. And I told them I didn't know anything. And they said, good, me either. We'll learn together. And I said, great. So I helped them sort of put this whole piece of their business together. And in conversation with them, I realized that I didn't matter to them as much as apparently I thought I did. Mm. I didn't like that made me feel. So I asked, I didn't ask, actually, I told my husband I needed an exit strategy. Mm. Go for it. So I was going to build websites and manage them. And I met, I hooked up with a woman who was doing this for a living. And she told me that I can be her protege and she'd teach me everything she knew. And I went up there, spent three hours learning. And after, right as I was about to leave, she said, oh, just kidding. You're going to open your own business. And if I have overflow, I'll give it to you. What? What? (laughs) I don't know how to build a website. I don't know what you're doing. So I got in my car and I cried. Um, (laughs) Called my husband. He was like, so what? Open a business. Who cares? Right. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went home, went to Best Buy, bought a ridiculously expensive computer that I now know I didn't need Mm. um, and built a website. It was crappy. But I built it and I was really proud of myself. And then my neighbor, who happened to also be building a business at the exact same time, I was like, hey, can I build your website too? He was like, how much are you going to charge me? And I was like, nothing, because I don't know what I'm doing. So therefore, nothing. Right. Um, But I built it. Also, FYI, crappy. Um, But I did it. And I was really (laughs) proud of myself. So I went to a local restaurant that we used to frequent. And I knew the owner really well. And I asked him if he wouldn't mind me fixing his already crappy website because I figured even my crappy was better than the existing crappy. Right. And he said, oh, Viva, you just missed me. I just hired someone two weeks ago, but I do need help with my social media. My kids were supposed to be doing it, but they're lazy and good for nothing and blah, blah, blah. He complained. And I said, sure. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll try. That's a Um, that's a common uh, tactic in many industries, I think. Who's going to do our social media? Oh, well, can't you, yeah, can't your daughter do it or your son do it? He's he's 14. He's always on the computer. He seems to know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, no. Right. I went home and my neighbor is in marketing. That's what her degree is in. She was a real estate agent at the time. And we were at the bus stop waiting for our kids to come off the bus. And we would sit there and like mess around with his content, like Wine Wednesdays and Meatball Mondays. And just we're having a lot of fun. At one point, we would be sitting in her driveway, watching the kids ride their bikes up and down the street, just building this guy's content. Within three or four months, he suddenly had people coming in for lunch. He had reservations for dinner. And he was so excited that he called a friend of his Mm. who owned 10 Mexican restaurants in the city who called me and wanted to sign me on. And I cried because... (laughs) Apparently that's what I do. Happy, sad doesn't make a difference. But <laughs> I also realized this, is a, like, this I, is a recurring theme. Yeah, for sure. I'm writing. I, uh, I'm writing the screenplay of your life here, and it says it says it's fascinating. Cut, we can have Brooke Shields. Cut. Maybe. Cut to Aviva's car. Aviva is crying. Next crying. scene. Okay. Um, and I just we, it, it was taking hours for us to just do him, so I couldn't figure out how I was going to manage an, like an additional ten restaurants, but. Another recurring theme, Dave, is I say yes to everything, which actually drives my business partner crazy. So I am learning to say no now. But I said yes, and then immediately called my neighbor and said, I really think you should jump off this cliff with me, please. Mm. And let's see where this goes. And after some beer and arm tugging, (laughs) she said yes. Okay. So we started knocking on doors up and down Main Street in our town. And 
every single business owner said yes. We had a hundred percent closing rate, which told us two things. One is this the is this the town? What town is this? Is this a suburb? So this is a new city. This was New City, New York. Okay. We we live in a pretty tight knit community. And you're knocking on the doors of like pizza parlors and laundromats and things like that? Yeah. Spas, contractors, the the local businesses you find on Main Street, the mom and pop. Mm -hmm. And everybody said yes. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is a we must have found in like found like a hole in the business community, like what they need. It also told us that our prices were probably a little too low, mm. but that's okay. They helped build us to sort of where we are now. And then COVID happened. Mm. Actually, I quit my job first. I quit, I quit my full-time job four months after because I couldn't do both. And then three months after that, COVID happened and shut my whole business down. But what it did is it showed local business owners the need to have your business on social. Yeah. So what I thought was detrimental ended up turning into a very easy conversation with the business owner who might've been reticent about it, the conversation prior. It also showed business owners that you don't need to have an in-person employee managing this for you because they're all now used to everybody working from home and working from remote locations. So we ended up being, even after we raised our prices a little bit, we were still significantly cheaper than hiring a full-time employee. Oh, there's no health insurance. There's no payroll tax. None of that needs to be taken care of. And we get to take this hat off you. So you can focus on your business and let us focus on your social. And we created a little agency out of it. And it's been, it's been fun. So a few things you mentioned, you discovered your, your fees were too low. How did you know this? And I guess what I'm getting more at is... I'm curious about fees because in my business, podcast production, people just make shit up. It's, and there's no, there's no like standard rate card you can find. So there's a lot of like soul searching and saying, how much am I really worth? And so I, think, I think that's what it comes down to, David, is this idea of how much is my time worth? It's worth more now than it was when we started, obviously, because our knowledge is greater. You're no longer in the, in the crappy website business. I'm no longer in the crappy website business, right? We definitely have a product and a service that works. We have a system in place that ensures that you're going to get what you want and get what you need monthly. It's a subscription service. Every month you get a new set of content. We post it to all your profiles for you so you don't have to. And then we teach you how to maximize the content. So it doesn't just sit on your page either. So we basically had to sit down and we sat down during COVID. Again, as I mentioned, my partner's my neighbor. So she was in my little private little bubble. And we kind of got together like, okay, well, if we're building this many pieces of content every month, how much time is that taking us to build? And then the other question, and this is interesting amongst women, I've learned as I'm networking with other women and, and men, we really do undervalue ourselves and value our time. It seems to be something that I'm I'm noticing. So I had to get comfortable with this idea that I'm worth more. Yeah. Yeah. You, is, you know, the reason I'm curious about that is is very similar in my, in my industry. A lot of things you said were like similar. I've, I've had this podcast business for about four years now and also had the big COVID transformation. And at first it really hurt. And then people realized you can do podcasts remotely and it's a great way to connect with people. It was, it turned out to be a great way to connect people during the pandemic, but more to the point, more to your business. Um, the, People, some people get it and some people don't. And some people think what we do is, oh, it's fun. You're, you're doing shows. I don't have to, I don't have to pay you for it. Right. You're, you're posting little images on Instagram. That's fun. I mean, that takes you five minutes. Right. I also found though, that the minute I increased my rates, my retention improved. Mm -hmm. 
because the message I was sending my clients previously was that I wasn't of value because I was so inexpensive or cheap. Once I, in, and I didn't increase them a lot. I, I, I've been playing with my numbers and I'm at a point now where I can still stay with the type of client I want, which is the small business owner, the, the, the mom and pop where every single customer really matters to their bottom line. If I want that customer, I can't make my rate skyrocket, right? Cause then I, I price right. myself out of the market I'm looking to be involved in. But in, in playing with that rate, I, I found that sweet spot where they understand the value because they're putting out enough money where it needs to work. And then when they see it work, they understand the value of it working. So I think that's a piece of it too, David, right? So like people speak with you and you charge a fee and then they go somewhere else and try to do it on their own. And they realize, oh, wait, David really had a value. Yeah. I need to go back. And we did. We ended up having people come back even after we raised our rates because they- Well, I can tell you all my clients, we, we produce a lot of social media content for our clients that have podcasts. We don't claim to be uh, the strategist, though. So that that that's something that you do that we certainly don't. And people have a, have trouble staying disciplined when it comes to this. And it seems to me that's what you do. Like you you said, you pay this fee every month, and you're going to get this content out there because so many of my clients, God bless them, they come out with guns blazing, and like every week it's three social media posts, and then it trickles off, and then it's like. Three months go by and they haven't done a thing. Do you find that? A hundred percent. Actually, it's it's funny when we, so we, we've figured out our niche also. So we stay away from brick and mortar now. We don't even touch retail. But before we made that decision, we would walk into a retail store and be like, hey, this is what we do. I'm like, oh, that's great. We do it ourselves. And I know you don't because I went in and I prospected, like I checked you out first. I know you don't post. Right. Second, we walk out the door, they're posting. Like literally, like <laughs> as I would close the door, suddenly there's something on social media and I'd be like, oh, good. Well, now you're doing it. And then just for fun and kind of go back and watch. And within a week, they were done. Yeah. Um, the reality is business gets in the way promoting your business. A lot of things I hear from a lot of people is how do you find time to work on your business while you're in your business? We actually had to make AVF Solutions Group a customer. We had to like, we were just kind of building content Smart. and we stopped. Yep. Was it the maker with no shoes? Yep. That, so we I, had yeah. to convert our own business into a client and put us into the same process that we put our customers into because we were forgetting to do our own content. Yep. Yeah, it's it's very true. I do this, I do a poor job of promoting this very podcast, even though it, it's clearly the cream of the crop when it comes to podcasts. Yeah, I mean, look at, look at my guests this morning. So I only pick the best. <laughs> so let me ask you this. I'm not going to ask you to give away your secrets because I want people to hire you. And by the way, go sure. go to avfsolutions.com. Do I have that right? avfsolutionsgroup.com. avfsolutionsgroup.com. Let's get it right for more information on Aviva and everything, every way she can help your business. What it seems like the the rules change or the standards change like every month. Like if you're going to do Instagram, you got to do XYZ. If you're going to do LinkedIn, you got you got to have video. The video has to be square. Don't make it the, the regular Zoom size. This is my life. <laughs> I, know, I know it's more your life than mine. But we create these things too. So, what is what? what, yeah, what, what let me ask you first. What are, what are what are some misconceptions? Let's start with that. What are some misconceptions about social using social media? So, the misconception number one is that you're going to post on social and suddenly your phone's going to start ringing. Mm. That's number one. Like yep. any other form of marketing, it takes time. Right. That's first, and then second, the you have to figure out what's the purpose of, of what you're creating. 
So is the purpose of your social to get someone to buy a product? Is the purpose of your social to get someone to even just know who you are? What What's the purpose? And then once you figure out your purpose, then you need to create a strategy around what your content looks like. And that's the key in making sure that things work and that they stay consistent is you really need a plan. It can't just be, oh, it's Monday. I'm going to post about my mood, yeah. mood Monday. <laughs> like you, like you see a lot of that all the time. I can't, is, I can't even today. Oh, right. I just, <laughs> there is, is such yeah. thing as garbage posting. I mean, if, if, if you're a, you think, yeah. if your plan is to just have you as a brand and then you want people to pay you to promote their brand, then that's different. That's, but that's not what we do. But if you're a contractor looking for someone to, to hire you, are you referable? How easy is it to refer your business? I call it searchable. How easy is your searchability? I coined a word the other day. Are you Googleable? Your Googleable Googleability? Googleability? Google. How <laughs> how easy is it for someone to find you? Like the, that really is, in my opinion, the purpose of social, right? It's to brand your business. It's also a living, breathing resume. So when somebody says, hey, you need to you know, talk to David, I'm going to your LinkedIn page and I'm checking you out. I'm going to your Facebook, I'm going to your Instagram. And even before I hire you, it's almost become, it, instead of going to the yellow pages or instead of even going to your Google My Business profile first, I'm checking out your resume, which is in fact, I mean, it's, it's the reason LinkedIn was created. Mm. So, yeah, it's true. And again, similarities to podcasts. I say, you know, if you, if you regularly put out a podcast, you're creating a library of that will live forever. I have live forever, right? I have dreams that someday, probably after I die, my son will actually listen to some of my podcasts. Maybe learn a couple of things about me. As long as we can convert it to whatever new way it is that we're listening to. Oh, it'll be yeah, three D holograms. It'll be like or, an implant or something. Right. You just <laughs> blink twice and suddenly. Right. Music. So you said what you seem to be saying is is could be intuitive. It's like figure out what you want before you do your social media strategy. But I take it you go th with clients to figure out specifically what they want. It's like, well, I want more clients. Okay, well, how, well, how are they going to come in? Are they going to walk in the door? Are they going to go to your website? Are they going to go to your LinkedIn page? Are they going to email you? Right. Is it is it that sort of thing? That call to action, I think, is what people struggle with. There's definitely, if there's no call to action on your post, don't post it. You're, 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 you're wasting. You're wasting valuable space, right? It's like that Super Bowl commercial that went out in first quarter that was just a QR code. Wasn't right. even up long enough for people to whip their phones out and scan it. Yep. That's That was 10 seconds of wasted. How much money do you think that was? Probably at least a million. The, I forget so what the going rate is. A million dollars wasted. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You didn't even have a brand on the page. I, I defiantly looked at it and said, I'm not doing that. I'm not falling for that. So even better. <laughs> it even also better. it didn't give you any sort of clue as to why you wanted to do it. I mean, I guess that was what they landed on. It's like let's go 100% mystery. But if there had been some kind of teaser, and this is something that we we do to to try to promote our podcasts is you got to have some kind of hook. You got to have a question that your listener or your potential consumer wants to answer. And more importantly, we're talking about this ad and we have no brand to go with it. I have right. no idea who they are. Yeah, neither I, do I. <laughs> I have no idea. What a missed opportunity. So they missed out on the paid advertising and they missed out on the word of mouth advertising because no one's, I don't even know who I'm talking about. Right. Um, so listen, I, I had a conversation with a prospect who wanted me to get, wanted my advice on how to get more people to show up to her live. Live stream. Looking. Yeah. Yep. And it wasn't even live. I'm sorry. It was a Zoom meeting. It wasn't even live. Okay. 
And I had started asking her, I was like, okay, but before we talk about strategy, what's the purpose of your Zoom meeting? Mm. And she was answering my questions. And I said, no, no, no. What's the purpose for your business? Like, how is it building your business to do this? Where's the income on revenue? This is a free service. Why are you wasting so much time and energy on something that doesn't actually help you? Right. And so we pivoted. Okay, great. So that's not helping you. Maybe we do need to pivot to live because at least live, you can you can pretend live also, obviously, right? So she could record right. it ahead of time and, and post it. Maybe it doesn't have to be live, but what's the purpose of your content? Do you want people to buy or do you want people to just know who you are and refer you? What's the purpose? Right. Otherwise, it's wasted content. We could spend hours, days, months wasting our money on trying to promote people to show up to her Zoom meeting when it doesn't actually increase her sales volume. Right. So questions like that sometimes, like you think something is what you need when it, in reality might, it's, it's a great idea, but it doesn't actually work. And sometimes you got to fail before you figure it out. We definitely, again, I thought I was doing websites. That <laughs> <laughs> would happen. Yeah. But, uh, but, but I think, listen, you, you, you have to know who your customer is. I think this we is the sound. I think send you back to a branding strategist. If you don't know enough before you come to me. I think this is the sound effect you were looking for. It's the classic. It's the old prices, right? You just lost on national TV sound. So what, how should, should people know anything else to get in touch with you to, will give us, give me an idea of like, if people call you what that first contact is life is like you're going to do some kind of valuation find out what they need is that right or 100 yep. so first we chat we talk about what it is that you're currently doing is it working is it not working what social pages do you like because most people see something that they like and they go oh man or they're going how come nobody's referring me in these mommy groups mommy groups for contractors and plumbers man it's like gold if you're not being referred there's money left on the table it's just silly it's like the strongest word of mouth space is in those mommy groups and they're all over the country. So if you have a business, figure out how to get yourself in that mommy group. We help you do that. We talk to you about it. And then from there, we talk about what your business needs. How many posts a week do you need? Everyone thinks they need more than they do. It's garbage posting. You don't need to post just for the sake of posting. Google now also has something, it's called negative SEO, where mm. you could actually post too much. This is brand new. Oh, that's a, that's a good comeuppance for those people who post too often. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> and then the worst thing that can happen is someone unfollows you. Mm -hmm. Right. That does the exact opposite of what you want them to do. And we chat, we talk, I send you over a proposal based on what I think you want. And then I also send you the proposal based on what you think you want, because you never know. And then we go from there. Very cool. It's avfsolutionsgroup.com. I'm going to have to have you back on the show, Aviva, if you'll, if you'll grant me that opportunity, because I have so many more questions and there's always more questions about what's going on in social media. There are things that are changing all the time. And, uh, but if you're not convinced, then I, I don't, what are you listening for this morning, people or evening or whenever you're listening, forget you know, those social media headaches and hire Aviva. I mean, she'll take care of the whole thing, right? This is it. Covered for sure. All right. Before we go, we are going to play a quick round of good stuff where both Aviva and I will recommend something good that will hopefully brighten your day. Before we do that, let me take one minute to brand myself and Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. What do we do? We produce podcasts. You need a podcast. Well, maybe you don't need one. But man, wouldn't you love one? Wouldn't you love to be the next big podcast star and use that as a way to market your business, your service, your entrepreneurship? It's a great way to connect with your network. Clients and prospective clients will be amazed when they're invited to be a guest on your show. 
We'll take care of the whole thing for you. We'll either ship you out a USB microphone or you're welcome to join us at our Westwood Mass Studios. It's a little bit of a schlep for people in New York, Aviva, but, you know. I'll we'll, come visit you, David. Oh, that'd be great. You're, you're welcome anytime. Go to pod617.com to get started. Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network and Pod We Trust. All right, let's play good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Spoiler alert, I'm going to recommend a, a TV show because I watch way too much TV. But thankfully, we have some culture and some substance on the on the show here today because Aviva's going to recommend a book, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, no, a book for sure. Go for it. So I had to pivot because I was reading physical books for a while and it meant that I was ignoring life and family. So I switched over to <laughs> listening to my books and now I can be a part of the family a little bit while I'm listening to my books. You're not, um, you're not actually, like you're not actually paying, you're not actually paying attention to your kids, but you might be looking yeah, at them. Right. For sure. For sure. I, I can see their mouths moving and that's fine. <laughs> but I discovered Colleen Hoover. Okay. And I read, I read a bunch of them, but I read, I read a set of hers backwards. So they have, mm. um, it begins with us and it ends with us. And I think I read them in reverse, which in all honesty, I think I'd suggest because I liked it that way. After really? I okay. read the other one, I was like, of course they should have been released this way. But it was excellent. And then after that, I started reading all of them. I, she's an excellent author. I really, really enjoyed her. So, so she, that's she, something good. So she good writes stuff. fiction. That is good stuff. That And I'm looking at her collection here. And uh, I must say I'm unfamiliar. So probably Me because too. don't feel bad oh, okay so what's what's her her basic motif what's her what's lane is she in when it comes to not her novels so she reminds me a little bit of a, a little bit of jody picoult just like mm -hmm. smidge just in the sense of like it's not the story you think it is mm. and jody picoult's really good at that then she throws in a little interesting romance for those of us who feel like we desperately need a little heat it's not quite 50 shades <sighs> ladies so don't get too excited but it's in that alley a little bit. You'll it, enjoy it. It's a couple. It's a couple dozen shades. It's not quite fifty shades of gray. All right. Right, not quite fifty, right? <laughs> well, right. We can use that as well. Well, very cool. Yeah, uh, Colleen Hoover. You can Google her. You can Amazon her. It ends with us. Starts with us. You. You. you I have you, no you, idea which order I read them you, in, but I know it was backwards. <laughs> but I don't think it really matters. Okay. So. Very cool. Well, I will recommend a documentary on Netflix that I just started watching. And you've probably heard of it. If not, you've certainly heard of the case of Bernie Madoff. A special for you, Aviva, for since you're a New York guest. We'll talk about one of the New York antiheroes. I'm going to play just a little bit of the trailer for Madoff. Only the one of them. I feel like we've got a ton right now. But <laughs> so we can start with this one. Okay. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer for Madoff, The Monster of Wall Street on Netflix. Let's take a listen. People think they know this story. Bernie Madoff has been arrested. They think it's a story about one man. There is no way you can run a $50 billion Ponzi scheme and not have anybody else know about it. Madoff was the scapegoat for the financial crisis. But in a blue-collar crime, the bodies drop before you investigate. In a white-collar crime, they drop afterwards. Bernie fed on being the guy. They always wanted to please everybody. They didn't want to kill the goose that laid the golden egg. And the choice he made was he could live with himself as a liar much more easily than he could live with himself as a failure. So that's, a, that's a little taste of it. I'm only, I'm still on episode. Is there more than one episode of this? I think so. I think it's a multi-part deal. 
but I'm only maybe a half hour into this, so I can't give you the full review. But at first I thought, more do I need to know about Madoff? I know what happened. It was a Ponzi scheme. He basically just kept taking, taking, taking money and telling people they were doing great when really he, was, he, he wasn't. And after I spent five years in the financial industry, I realized how audacious this thing was because no one beats the market by 12 or no one produces returns of 12 to 15 percent every year it's just impossible so but so far this documentary does show a different side of him and the weird thing so far is that he had a legitimate investment business that was actually doing very well so so far it seems like the guy couldn't help himself but is is would you have a different insight into Madoff Aviva as a New Yorker or probably not no, I just, I'm trying to remember when that went down. It went down long enough ago where I, I wasn't quite an adult yet. Yeah. When it happened. Well, that makes sense at all. I, what, what, what was the year? It was, it was, it, it was in the wake of 2008, right? After the, right. after the, the market I collapsed. Adult, barely, I had my first child in 2009. So I guess technically if I was adult enough to, to have a baby, I should have been adult enough to be investing, but I don't think I was. Right. Right. Um, and I didn't know anything about investments at the time either. So I didn't know what a big deal it was, but. I, I find it fascinating in general when I watch things like this, the human psyche, like not only his psyche, but the people around him, the the investors, like how ignorant was everybody? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I, you know, so, yeah. so I find things like that to be fascinating. I, I didn't even know that that was on Netflix. I would definitely start watching. Yeah. Um, my husband would enjoy too. Yeah. It's what you said. You put your finger on it because when he started in the business, it was pre-internet. And so, and apparently he did some shady things back then too, <clears throat> nowhere near to the scale that he eventually did. But <clears throat> once the computerized age hit, you wonder how, and these were smart, successful people who were invested with him. No one ever said, how does he, how do our money go up 15% every year? Like without exception, it seems, <laughs> it seems too good to be true because it was so. But again, <clears throat> it's this very interesting, do you look a gift horse in the mouth? Do right. you? Well, right, right, uh, right. It's, it's just a fat, that whole industry is fascinating. And then again, one shady, always shady. Uh, my, my grandmother used to say, you only get more so, if that makes sense at all. So you are who you are, and as you get older, it just gets worse. Oh, okay. So yeah, you know, I, so I think there's, were... there's something to that. Although, don't you think people can change their, you think people can change like habits and practices and things like that, but they can't really change For their- For sure, but I mean like a happy person is genuinely a happy person, right? And they're, as they get older, they just become more happy and just they love life and a curmudgeon or a grumpy person as they get older, it just becomes- more grumpy like it's just a natural evolution if you are nervous about people and interactions as you get older that's just it's it's a natural progression of the brain i mean you 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 see it with people as they actually age with alzheimer's and things the there, there there's something about things that happen to you when you're younger i don't know we can yeah, even no. a whole other time but but I, I i do believe that people just become more so if you're stubborn you're only going to be more stubborn as you get older yeah, no, I no, agree. I don't believe you can change anybody, period. I don't care what Beauty and the Beast taught us. He's a beast. <laughs> and I don't care how beautiful or well-read she was. She was not changing him. Well, <laughs> so, just put that out there. Well, the guy was a beast. What are you going to do? He was but a beast. He was a he beast. Was not nice. But I imagine, and and uh, I know we want to wrap up here, Viva. You need to get back to um, doing social media campaigns. But I wonder, I, again, I just started the documentary, so I don't know. But usually in situations like this, it it's not so much 
that the person sets out to be a criminal, sinister genius. I think they they convince themselves along the way that, well, this is going pretty good so far, so I'll just keep doing it. And it's like a bunch of small decisions. I'll, I'll tell a really quick story. I had a boss once, Jim Dolan, one of the best bosses I ever had. And uh, he told this story about how he was uh, driving. He was, as a young man, he, business took him through the, the roads of Texas and like Texarkana or some, not one of the big cities. He's driving on this highway and there's no one on the highway at all. And it's, and he says to himself, well, I think I could actually read a book while I'm driving because it's a complete straightaway. There's nobody here. Takes out a book. He actually, he holds it up, you know, at the steering wheel, he starts reading it. Then he says to himself, it's, it's kind of warm. I'm, I'm going to pull over and take my, my suit jacket off. He does that. And it's Texas. And so he says, he goes, you know what? I'm, just going to strip right down to my boxers. No one's ever going to see me. I mean, there's nobody here. So he's reading a book. He's in his boxers. And that's when he sees the cop pulling up behind him. And, oh he, and he realizes it was a bunch of small, bad decisions that led to this horrible, embarrassing situation. It's not really apple, apples to apples to Bernie Madoff, but I thought you'd enjoy but the I story. I think in general, nobody really sets out and says, this is evil. I'm going to do this. I, right. I think that yeah. everyone sort of, I mean, there's obviously people who are evil I'm not well saying right them. throughout but, the course of history there have definitely been right. evil people but yeah. but i think in general you convince yourself that it's the right thing to do otherwise why do it yeah and i think somewhere somehow he he justified it but i have to watch the end of the show to to be sure so aviva you were an awesome guest i, I i'm genuine when i say i'd love to have you back on some time to talk about social media a lot of professionals listen to our show and they're clueless so if you want to be less clueless a lot less clueless go to avf solutionsgroup.com how's that aviva have we done well it was perfect all right i hope you had fun i did very very cool thanks to all of you for listening if you like the show follow us on apple podcast if you want your own podcast go to pod617.com to get started my name is dave on behalf of my best new friend aviva i say i'm just a guy from boston but if you're not from boston you must be the other guy have a great day everybody theme music. So